0: Turkey Call All Access, the official podcast of the National Wild Turkey Federation, brought to you by Nomad Outdoor. Turkey Call All Access is a digital campfire where the host and guests discuss topics of the day, conservation efforts, tips and techniques to better your experience as a field and share our members' stories. Welcome back, everybody, to another new episode of the Turkey Call All Access Podcast, the official podcast of the National Wild Turkey Federation, brought to you by Nomad Outdoor. This week, we are welcoming in relatively new hunter. Uh, her name is Anne Wen. She is first-generation Vietnamese Michigander. I think that's a correct term for folks from Michigan. If I'm not, you guys will let me know. But she's up there in Michigan. The passion and the tenacity of this individual. Uh, personally, I, I found... Ann on Instagram and started following along, uh, her, her adventures, her stories. And, uh, she just seems like a really down to earth, genuine individual. And I reached out and I'm glad I did. And I hope you guys are glad I did too. We're going to talk to Ann about her, her start, her family life, support systems, and everything that got her to where she is today, um, with went outdoors and what she hopes to accomplish, um by by mentorship and, and being a, a solid example. So, teeing all that up, we're going to get into it in 90 seconds. Let's go. Have you been to shop.nwtf.org yet? Well, if not, I invite you to go there now. Again, that's shop.nwtf.org for all the latest and greatest NWTF lifestyle gear. Need a trucker cap? We got you covered. Need a low-pro hat? We got you covered there. Guys gear, ladies gear, kids gear, accessories for the pool, for the backyard, for hunting, camping, we got you all there shop.nwtf.org go there today and get your latest nwtf gear
1: some say a silenced gunshot is the baddest sound out there at silencer central we have another favorite it's the sound of silence delivered to your front door. When you buy from Silencer Central, we handle your application, set you up with a free NFA gun trust, and deliver your silencer straight to you. With an average 90 day turnaround time when you use e-forms, buying a silencer is simpler than ever. Visit silencercentral.com and we'll help you get started.
2: Under the visionary leadership of founder Johnny Morris, Bass Pro Shops and Cabela's is leading North America's largest conservation movement. Their partnership with the National Wild Turkey Federation is a match made in heaven for hunters across America. The Save the Habitat, Save the Hunt initiative continues to be a resounding success, with more than $6 million provided for conserving wildlife habitat, recruiting more hunters, and opening more access to hundreds of thousands of acres across the nation. To learn more, go to BassPro.com slash conservation.
0: Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the NWTF podcast a turkey call access podcast official podcast of the national wild turkey federation my guest this week and when of when outdoors and welcome to the program
3: hi thanks for having me Fred.
0: and i'm stoked we were able to connect uh reached out to you there on the uh <clears throat> instagram which is always a weird thing right when you as the kids like to say slide into the dms but um Uh, i've been following you from my my instagram page and uh coming along with your adventures and and what you're doing um and your hunting and fishing adventures and i thought the timing was right i reached out and wanted to have you on as a guest the terms that are out there now and i and i'm fine with both of them is you know adult onset hunter Uh, my buddy ben Mm -hmm. O'Brien likes to say emergent hunter i think those are both great um as we were talking, uh, off air, you know, I learned more about you first generation, uh, in the, in the country, uh, Vietnamese, you were telling me your parents, uh, uh well, I'll let you tell the story, but they're both, uh, they both immigrated from Vietnam, uh, to North America and, and take it from there.
3: All right. So both of my parents, they till today, they don't know how to speak English mm-hmm. They, they immigrated to America in the 1990s in hopes and dreams of like finding a better life, of course, than their country of Vietnam, and had established me in the beautiful state of Michigan. Yeah, yeah. None of my parents, actually, no family members have hunted. Mm-hmm. But my dad, actually, when he immigrated to Canada, first before he moved to america he was a commercial fisherman making a living off of near like the vancouver area yeah yeah just like uh, i think he was doing shrimping and crabbing okay back then and then he actually got into uh, sturgeon fishing so growing up i've always heard stories of him saying yeah back in the days and (laughs) with my boys we caught like this gigantic sturgeon and of course like he had he didn't really know what a sturgeon was but he was just describing me like this giant giant fish and I'm like what is this Mm. you know as like a four or five year old you're just kind of curious of like what kind of lifestyle did you used to live you know and I was the first born I'm the oldest of the family I have a younger brother and my mom was not interested in the outdoors whatsoever she's much of a city gal yeah Um, and just again like growing up I didn't have a lot we grew up pretty poor my dad came over to Michigan in like Mm mid-1990s to be united with my mom and you know he was just trying to make a living he chased his dreams of opening a restaurant and I guess his passion for the outdoors kind of died after he was just so focused on you know putting food on the table and making sure like we were, me and my brother were taken care of. Mm-hmm. But the stories of what he had out in Vancouver that literally lived with me and built my curiosity at a very very young age for sure. And again like growing up didn't have a lot of things to do. So I tried to fulfill my imagination of what my dad had told me by being outside. We didn't have internet at the time. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I guess the combination of being outside and trying to grow that fascination of the outdoors, hunting slowly became integrated While I was growing up, like I had a curiosity of where did these animals come from? Or, you know, playing down by the local creek, catching fish or like little minnows with my hands. And over time, it wasn't until middle school, I'd say, when I saw I I went to a private Catholic school school. And a couple of the boys came in with full on camo. Yeah. I was so curious. I was like, where where did you guys go? Why are you guys dressed up like this? And then my classmates, they tell me like, oh, our dad just took us out hunting in the morning and then just dropped us off from school. And I'm like, hunting? Like, what's that? Like, all I know is fishing. Sure. But like, I, my dad Again, like, so he opened up a restaurant when I was a really, really young gal and didn't really have time to spend, like, personal one-on-one time with me and my brother. So he never taught us how to fish.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: He showed us in a great appreciation of fishing, but he never really taught us how. So going back to middle school days, hearing about hunting, knowing that my dad used to fish, I was like... This is pretty cool. I want to learn how to hunt. And of course, like at the time as a sixth grader and I'm like Vietnamese and a girl who has no idea how to shoot a gun. (laughs) Sure. Not know anyone who shoots a gun. You know, like this is very like my parents are very traditional to a point where, you know, if you bring a home a gun, that's that equals violence or it's just so dangerous Mm. in their eyes. They're just (laughs) so so traditional. And so, it's such an overwhelming topic to even bring up to my classmate and ask them, like, "Hey, can you guys take me out hunting? I want to learn all about this." You know, like I, I don't even need to like kill an animal or hunt an animal, but I just want to see the whole process of it. Yeah, because it seems pretty fun and similar to how my dad described his fishing adventures back in the day. And my My classmates are just, you know, they're like, oh, you know, these are for like different guys. Like, this is a guy thing. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. no girl wants to hunt. Like, you're just kidding. And I was this like scrawny little nerd back (laughs) in middle school who had straight A's, just focused on school. And then why is she suddenly asking about hunting? You know, and then they blew me off in a way where it, I mean, I didn't take it personally, but I was like, okay. I have to figure out how to hunt and how to fish. How am I going to do this? I went, I think maybe seventh, eighth grade. So sixth grade was when I start seeing a lot of kids in Camel during the fall.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: And it was seventh to eighth grade. My mom would take me out to like, you know, our little grocery run for the restaurant to get, you know, groceries, all the produce, whatnot. And I see these outdoor magazines and local stores. I, I forgot what it was called, but I just saw like someone holding up a bass or you know holding up a deer. And I'm like, okay,
4: <laughs> Mom, I can, can do you this. Please
3: buy me this magazine. Yeah. Very Let me cool. bring this home and figure it out. And I'm like, alert? I'm like reading. I'm like, what is alert? <laughs> like
4: <laughs> I had
3: no idea what I was reading. Like, you know, shooting styles, if bow hunting was a thing, I had no idea that it was even a in existence no but you know as a kid i was still i was still pretty i was trying to, to immerse myself in it but i still had no idea on where to start and also the confidence level like if your parents or you don't know a friend that's willing to take you out and show you the outline your confidence isn't going to be there right so this is basically kind of like okay i'm taking home magazines i'm reading in about my interests, but i also don't know where to start i'm a kid Right. I don't know how to, like, I technically can't even go to the store and buy a gun.
4: Right, know? right.
3: And so, I mean, I picked up magazines, whatnot, but it kind of died off throughout high school. Still had that fascination, but again, no resources were near me. No guys would ever take me out because they think I'm joking.
4: Right, right. And I'm like,
3: okay, maybe it is a joke. I mean, how can me, like... Uh, a first generation, um start a, a lineage of like hunting and within my family. Yeah. Especially yeah. when both of my parents, they don't approve of that. Like my dad approve of fishing, but like with hunting, I even came home and asked him, like, "Hey, have you ever heard of anyone like shooting a deer or like hunting after a deer?" And he's like, ann why would you even bring this up? Like, this is that's violent." I'm like, "Violent, like." it's it's a way of your to find your food. Mm. Is not that a similar way of like how you describe fishing? He was like, yeah, but I want to ever kill a deer. They're they're nice. Like I'm like, okay. So, it's asking my parents for help, that's out of the picture. Cuz I already know what their viewpoints were on hunting.
0: How much Even of that do I you can. think is is well, cultural? Like,
3: uh, culturally, I genuinely feel so it's a 50/50. Um my mom lived in the city area of Vietnam so anything about killing animals in general she she's very against it. Mm. She's just not she's not very well aware but even though even living in poor conditions if anyone were to gift her meat she's willing to eat it but it's just so it's looked upon as cruel to take an animal mm. when they're oh, out and about yeah. in the wild, because that's their home. And I've tried so hard to tell him, like, hey, this is basically like when you buy meat from the store, do you guys ever think of like their lives? But like, you guys both farmed animals.
4: Mm.
3: And my dad understands it to a point where he, he's like, so my dad lived in the countryside of Vietnam and so he did a lot of like cattle raising to a point where he's seen like cattle butchered right in front of him yeah and so he understands it but also he doesn't want to know that his daughter or he himself is willing to take an animal's life mm. like with, like with our own decision like if that makes sense you know no
0: i'm I, um, i'm completely i mean some people just um <clears throat> That's where they come down. And I'm, I'm curious, cause like, you know, as, as I was telling you off air, some of my research brought me to, you know, at, at pre, pre uh, late sixties and in, in, in the war there was there was hunting um Mm -hmm. there was there was uh people would travel there and i you know when you think of you know foreign hunting like as 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 an american you know the first thing that comes to mind is africa right for most people they're like okay africa and you know everything that comes with that adventure and you don't really not too many people think of southeast asia off the top of your head but then Mm -hmm. i do that through that research and i find out there's a licensing system um back then that's that you know 64 american dollars would get you uh, a bull elephant (laughs) uh i think Mm -hmm. a couple Mm -hmm. bear a tiger uh and then a few different variety of of ox or some bovine that were just um amazing right so there was (laughs) at one point in history and then geopolitical um forces uh, influence the country and no longer no longer is it a, a legal practice right so i i wonder if how much of that um was was uh you know a uh, legacy culture or was that because of you know the government <clears throat> laying a heavy hand down and saying you know nah not going to happen, even though some of that hunting continues today, I guess, illegally. Uh, and then it would seem also that a lot of the tradition, like your dad, a lot of fishermen, uh, just given the, the ge- ge- uh, geography of the country.
3: Yeah. So like for, for my personal like view on it, I see that a lot of my dad's part of the family are all commercial fishermen mm. so back in Vietnam, but they're just not very they're just hunting. is just second to fishing.
4: Yeah. It's interesting.
3: Fishing is like easier in a way, but I do like nowadays, I do know a lot of people that are very, that are Vietnamese that are very like honed down on, on hunting, not in Vietnam, but just hunting in general where they hunt for basically everything in their food, like Mm. everything in their fish they've hunted for. But I mean, it's a good split between 50-50. I mean, some people are unaware of, you know, the whole hunting reg- regulations in Vietnam. And then some people, other people are very, I mean, of course, you've heard illegal practices in sure. Vietnam where people are still hunting for them and poaching. But the government has stop- tried to stop it, but it still goes on nowadays. It's
0: Again, it's, it's, it's super interesting to me because, you know... It- when we, when we talk about, especially here at NWTF, you know, our, our three efforts of recruiting uh, hunters, retaining them or reactivating old hunters. And we, we bring up these barriers for entry. Right. So whether it's it's financial, it's geographical. You know, I got buddies that live in New York City that, you know, it takes them an hour to get out of the city just to go hunt on public land. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, there's there's demographic. Um, boundaries that that get put into this, you know, uh, uh, like yourself, uh, first gen uh, Vietnamese female. I mean, there's mm-hmm. there's a lot to unpack there potentially. And someone that doesn't feel confident in taking that step, or people aren't taking you seriously, like you you said. I mean, that's that's a real hard road to to travel, right? I mean, there's got to be so much there to overcome just to get in the woods. But you've done yeah. it, yeah. What, what's, what, how did you get there? Fast forward to, to, you know, getting licensed up in Michigan and, and going for it.
3: Uh, so it was actually because of Cameron Haynes on okay. the Joe Rogan pod, podcast. Mm-hmm. I was dating, well, an ex at a time in college, and he was just like into Joe Rogan, like a lot. I never knew who Joe Rogan was. Okay. Uh, he was like, yeah you know i really like this cameron haynes guy and i'm like cameron Haynes, who's this too
4: mm-hmm.
3: it's like do you want to start bow hunting i'm like <laughs> bow? huh like you can actually like i've read it in magazines back then but like i didn't understand that you can actually take an animal with a bow like that's legal and he was like yeah because he's super into archery as a kid -hmm. But he really—it's—he wasn't really aware of how bow hunting was even a thing either until he heard about Cameron Haynes talking about like the epic journeys of bow hunting in the mountains, you know. And he glorified it, and he told me, "Do you want to start hunting together? We can—we can probably learn together." And I'm like, "Okay, this is what I've always been waiting for." But Mm. okay. And so his family—he was um he his family knew how to purchase guns and i mean for me i still had no idea how to purchase guns even though i was at the age of 20 Mm -hmm. 21 at the time i still had no idea how to get into it and so he was like okay well let's wait until you're like you're 21 we're gonna get you a handgun you know like he basically walked me through all the steps of how to purchase a firearm and then He granted me my first bow, which was a Hoyt Helix, and he had no idea on where to begin. He literally walked into a bow shop and then kind of figured it out from there. We both tried to learn archery in our backyard and shot terribly, but because he was so inspired by Cameron Haynes. He literally was making me run every day to the <laughs> point where literally, literally mini Cameron Haynes every morning, every time we wake up, keep hammering, let's freaking go, you know,
0: living that keep, keep hammering in life, right? What was it? Living the keep hammering life.
3: Literally. Yeah. But, you know, it was kind of short lived. And to my surprise, he was the one who gave up before me. This, fueled my fire because i've had the dream to get into hunting but i had no idea how to get a deer license how to start Mm -hmm. how to even purchase my own bow because it's intimidating going into a shop and being like hey i have no idea what i'm doing but i want to kill an animal and hunt it (laughs) But but again like how do you even use a bow and you walk into certain shops where they'll either one they take the time to teach you And they totally understand where you're coming from. And then there's certain shops where they're like looking at you, like, are you serious? Mm. You know? And so, after I'd say a couple months of brutally shooting at a target and going to Hunter Safety and learning more about, like, you know, how to take a deer and whatnot, me and him actually went out to the let's see i think we turkey hunted first and i just remembered driving around in circles not knowing how to look at fields Mm -hmm. where you're just like okay this is a good you have to locate the turkey first but again we had no idea what we were doing we're like okay let's pick a good field this field if i was a turkey i would
4: totally be here
3: and we would blindly walk out there calling again and again and again and literally nothing it's just it's just such a it's a funny process just to think about it but he shorts like a short story short um he actually quit because he thought it was boring
0: turkey hunt was boring
3: to him mm. that's why he's an ex <laughs> <Here you go>. <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> and so I didn't want to give up. And I started looking up on YouTube. I was driving out to the woods alone. I didn't even know Onyx Maps existed. Mm-hmm. Um, I looked up YouTube videos on how to locate turkeys. And I wanted to walk into the woods alone, either before my classes start or after my lectures are done. I'll do like a little afternoon sit. Mm-hmm. And it was scary. I wasn't, I'm not going to lie, walking into the woods alone alone and not having anyone by your side mm. he he was just not he was just not a nice person okay um, and literally left me to struggle on my own but i still kept it i made a promise to myself that this is this is a stepping stone of where i want to be at and i never gave up i kept watching youtube videos i'm like what am i doing wrong i'm going to different fields i'll i'll hear I remember the first time I heard a gobble that was pretty close to me. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is actually it. Like, I'm doing something kind of right. Like,
4: <laughs>
3: and they'll react back to it whenever I call. And I'm like, wow, this is, this is, this is insane. And, and yet, over time, I still had that, like, low confidence. Mm. Because, again, he it was just a phase for him. He just heard a guest speaker on Joe Rogan. It was just a new activity for him to take up. But this is what I've dreamt of for so, so long. And no one's there to support me. I would come back home and there's no friends I could tell to because all my girlfriends, they don't they don't hunt.
4: Mm. All
3: my friends, they don't hunt like my personal guy friends. they, They all don't hunt. So I had no one to like go to and ask for help. And instead of just, you know, giving up. I started to walk into certain bow shops uh, getting new equipment and then starting striking up conversations with like the local guys there. Mm
4: -hmm.
3: And because I'm fortunately, I met a bunch of people that were very supportive of what I'm doing and gave me good tips. Some, some people even gave me spots of like, Hey, you should check out this state game area or you should check out here or like, Hey, there's a local event where it's all women shooting. like, it will help you and educate you on how to become a better hunter and how to become a better archer. And I was like, okay, shoot. You know, there's, there's literally no risk for me to not take it, you know? So I started to go to local events. Um, and I mean, it was just a good mix of like talking to, um, A bunch of like old old hunters, like old guy hunters that were that were really inspired that I was very interested in hunting, you know? And they wanted to pass along their knowledge to me. Like they don't I appreciate the people that don't that take the time out of their day to explain and give me pointers and tips and not judge me for where I'm at. Yeah. To a point where like I remembered posting my first Instagram. The whole reason why I started Instagram was so I can meet other people. Yeah. I was all alone. I was literally all alone trying to figure out, like, how, how am I going to do this? You know, it's just, I'm so, I'm so shy. I'm also like not confident in my ability as a bow hunter, but I want to do this. Opened up an Instagram. Some people thought it was stupid. A lot of my girlfriends were like, and what the heck? are you
4: doing <laughs>
3: i remember posting like some of my uh shooting videos and people were like you're drawing back wrong <laughs> like like the way you're drawing back is, is just not okay or your your draw length is too too long and yeah it it kind of hurts seeing those comments but also i took it as like constructive criticism where i'm like okay There's clearly an issue going on. Let me take it to the bow shop and talk to people.
0: Internet is no has no shortage of uh, experts, does it?
3: No, (laughs) at all. even when you do something right, it's just like you'll still get shamed on
0: Uh, some reason. But continue your line of thought, because, I mean, in that you've, you know, it might have hurt, but you you took a look at yourself and you said, I'm going to go ask somebody that actually knows. So you, you head to the bow shop and what do they tell you?
3: They they basically told me like just to keep going after it. Yeah. And they talk about the wind. It was so turkey season was a bus. I heard a couple gobbles, never called a turkey in ever. Um and I it was I never really lost hope. I was like, okay, that's another season down. Next season I'll learn more, you know. Mm-hmm. Then deer season comes around. And I was driving roughly an hour to two hours out. Wow. No, actually, it was two hours out. It was near. It was like I was in at MSU at the time studying, and right after my lecture was done, I would drive two hours just to make it for like I don't know, like a three-hour sit before I get stark. Yeah. And it let's see, it was brutal. <laughs> there was, I just remembered walking alongside like uh like these cornfields and seeing deer so so far away in my binos I'm like how how the heck am I going to shoot them with a bow and like (laughs) like a a string and arrow like what how am I gonna do this yeah and and I also didn't know at the time like when people set up like there was an old I don't know if it was a pretty sure it was like a public Old wooden tree stand. Yeah, this is this is why it's so important to really, really educate yourself on what <laughs> <laughs> on what's safe and what's not. Yeah, because sure. I didn't know. I'm like, oh wow, this is so convenient. And I climbed up there. I'm like, wow, I can see everything. You know,
0: they put these tree stands out here for anybody. This is great,
3: <laughs> right? And then it's like, oh wow, it's it's creaking, but I think I'll be okay. No, like you know, I could have fallen, but. Anywho, like, um, I made the best out of it. I started to learn where the deer moved and how the wind played a part on, you know, dead down one where they'll sent you. And it was just it was just such a memorable part of my hunting journey because I remember driving back home and. Recalling so many instances where I was really close on shooting a deer, Mm. but then buck fever came along. I didn't know what buck fever was.
4: It's real. First,
3: you see a deer, and you're just like, "Oh my god, I want to be close to it. I want to, I want to shoot it." You know? And once when it's like there, even a doe, I was shaking like a leaf. Yeah. I didn't know that that was even a thing because you know you're so used to shooting at a target, but once everything comes into play, you can't even draw back a bow without shaking. Yeah,
0: and that then adrenaline spike, doesn't it? Start
4: shooting, yeah.
3: And I'm like, oh my god. Um, it's just, it's just so, it's just so funny. Just thinking about like, the emotional roller coaster. of crying after I missed. I'm like, how did I miss? Oh wait, I blacked out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even look through my peep. I just looked at it and let it fly.
3: Like, how did it not hit?
0: Yeah, like, yeah. What? Have you been to shop.nwtf.org yet? Well, if not, I invite you to go there now. Again, that's shop.nwtf.org for all the latest and greatest NWTF lifestyle gear. Need a trucker cap? We got you covered. Need a low pro hat? We got you covered there. Guys gear, ladies gear, kids gear, accessories for the pool, for the backyard, for hunting, camping. We got you all there. Shop.nwtf.org. Go there today and get your latest NWTF gear
1: some say a silenced gunshot is the baddest sound out there at silencer central we have another favorite it's the sound of silence delivered to your front door when you buy from silencer central we handle your application set you up with a free nfa gun trust and deliver your silencer straight to you with an average 90-day turnaround time when you use e-forms buying a silencer is simpler than ever visit silencercentral.com and we'll help you get started
2: Under the visionary leadership of founder Johnny Morris, Bass Pro Shops and Cabela's is leading North America's largest conservation movement. Their partnership with the National Wild Turkey Federation is a match made in heaven for hunters across America the save the habitat save the hunt initiative continues to be a resounding success with more than six million dollars provided for conserving wildlife habitat recruiting more hunters and opening more access to hundreds of thousands of acres across the nation to learn more go to basspro.com conservation
0: three years removed from from you know your start of all this i mean you're you've you're quite accomplished. Um, What is, what support systems have, have, you know, again, it it, largely it's, it's been you on your own seeking out uh, whether it's, you know, uh, digital mentors or going to the bow shop. What, what has allowed you to overcome um, some of these, some of these challenges, some of these barriers to, to enjoy uh, a great level of success. Every, you know, pronghorn and deer and great fishing adventures. I mean, you're doing it. So what, what? what's the secret sauce there? I mean, for, because, you know, for the people that are first timers listening to this show that are mm-hmm. experiencing something like this um, on, on a multitude of levels, you know, um, you know, what besides your tenacity, what 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 helped you? What, what support systems were in place that, that allowed you to get there?
3: Um. So I would say so as much as I had a lot of fun hunting by myself, that support system is so crucial mm. to build confidence. You know, you can go out to the woods so many times and build that confidence on your own, but it's going to take a while compared to knowing people or knowing people that are in the same boat as you mm-hmm. and then you to learn together. So I ended up going on first off Instagram. I started to find woman groups that are for like first timers to people that are already experienced. And it's all educational where, it would take the time to explain, okay, this is the do's and don'ts of hunting. They don't make you feel like you're behind on anything. And that was back in, I think, yeah, it was last year. I went on a girls group out to Montana. I flew out there. I didn't know anyone. The other two girls I've never met before, never yeah. talked to them on social media. And this this group just kind of like whipped us up like, okay, this is a guided antelope hunt that you are expected to shoot roughly 60 to 70 yards um you have to practice up to a year and good luck and I'm like okay well let me sign up and what's what's gonna hurt yeah flew to Montana by myself and I met these two incredible women who were in the same boat as me one was super familiar with hunting and then the other she's fairly new to hunting And we all bonded once we met up with the guides. Guided hunts, I highly, highly recommend for any first-time hunters because they—that is like the best resource you can ever get, Hmm. in my personal opinion. Because you can have a lot of questions, they will take you through the A's to Z's of like, okay, this is how we're gonna locate the animal. This is the animal. Like, they're gonna be There for you throughout the whole entire hunt. It's an interesting
0: way of looking at that, you know, because, you know, you're paying for someone's services uh, to to literally guide you on land that's not yours and then put you up and potentially feed you and, you know, bring you to to the animal or animal's. But they're they're a wealth of knowledge, too. And I, it sounds like if you got the right guy that's willing to share that knowledge, that's a it's more of an investment uh, in, in your future in this. Yeah, It,
3: it really is. Yeah. I mean, I mean, realistically, if I just flew out west just to search antelope yeah. and of course, you know, like the hunting public, they're one of my favorite YouTubers ever. It's just not it's just not the same than knowing someone that's already there. And they did the research for you. I mean, yes, I want to do it by myself one day. But you need to build that confidence after a successful hunt. Or just to be with someone who has made a living out there. Sure. Know the ins and outs of the environment that the antelope was in. And just being around a bunch of guides where they reassured me, like, hey, you can do this. We're shooting 60, 70 yards. I literally shot every day before work for roughly i think seven seven months straight even Mm. in the cold because i did not want to miss my opportunity at that animal no and when the time came it's just such a it's like a spiritual and mental journey just to be around people that are like hey you can do this and they're reassuring your confidence. They're they're there to support you. And at the end of the trip, I tagged out on a doe right after a buck came. <laughs> like so, I was looking for a. I spotted a buck for a while, and he disappeared. But my mm. anticipation of tagging out, like I'm like, oh my god, what if I don't tag out? Mm. I have to make this worth it. And the heat exhaustion out in um, Montana was just no joke. Yeah. Like, okay. the single doe came took a shot at her and i ended up having to spot and stalk for the first time with a guide mm. for like an hour because i had i i took a bad shot it was a shoulder shot she got plugged up and dropped around 100 yards off of my blind and we ended up having to crawl all the way to her to re-up on that second shot wow that was just such an emotional roller coaster i was like crying like even after so much preparation when the hunt comes together sometimes you yeah you can learn from it like i could have taken more time taking that shot than a rush shot Mm. but when the hunt is there it's it's like a switch kind of turns off like everything that you've taught yourself everything that you've practiced it kind of goes out the door (laughs) like Hmm. in a way
0: well it's 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 one of those things it was uh i was explaining to my son the other day about the the merits of hockey practice uh and going through all these drills and you know just hammering stuff over and over and over again to get to the game which ultimately all little nine and ten year old boys and girls that are playing hockey uh, want to get to they want to go play the game and it's you know I, I i gave him this this example of when i was you know a police officer a long time ago and you know we'd go to the range and shoot, shoot 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 and it became very boring to me but the idea was that it became muscle memory so when you were put in a bad situation when you have lost all environmental control over that situation you have no control um of of your target of all of that you you hope that all the practice you put in that muscle memory takes over and you're able to perform um likewise in 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 this scenario here too right is that you know all that practice all that preparation puts you in a spot for success
3: yeah i mean it can only take you so far but
0: you have no control over the animal, what it's gonna do. So you you know, your, your reaction is perfectly, um, reasonable and natural. And I would say, uh, people all the way up to their last hunt are probably experiencing these same things, especially, especially in the turkey woods, right? Because I don't, I have oh, yet dear. to uh, find a season where I get a long beard. And, going in the spring and Mm -hmm. uh i do not shake and my heart does not land squarely in my throat (laughs) and joke me right
3: (laughs) but that's what makes it so much fun though that's
4: exactly right
3: you're just like it makes it so much worse than when it all comes together at the end you're like wow what an adrenaline rush you know
0: you uh you took your first turkey this past this past spring am i am i right on that
3: yes oh my gosh so
0: I, what was that like
3: one i was shaking like a leaf yeah and i actually had it on video where i it was embarrassing <laughs> i literally screamed after i shot it um it was the quickest hunt of my entire life 30 30 minutes they roughly. go like that
0: sometimes yeah.
3: yeah it was on private property this time and a, a good friend of mine let me hunt on his private property. He actually helped me call him in. He's teaching me how to use a slate call. Mm-hmm. And he was calling him in. He's like, Ann, get ready. They just flew down from the roofs. And you see these huge shadows just like plop down. And you're like, oh my God. Yeah. Oh funny like turkey hunts. You guys see how like fast a turkey can run? like it's it's so weird like it's so funny because you you see them out in the distance and next thing you know they're like nearly in front of you close to the decoy and then they're making their way in gobbling and then all i could hear was literally my heart pumping like out of my chest Like (laughs)
4: You,
3: you can't move you can't sneeze you can't cough you can't do anything you got you gotta get ready um had that my shotgun aligned right at them and they're walking back back and forth back and forth until one of them ended up walking a little bit further than that than the one that was like alongside of it mm-hmm. both are really good sized turkeys but they they had no hesitation on working towards their, the decoy yeah and well, as soon as i shot the first turkey i was like Oh my god. <laughs> like I saw the other turkey like fly off. I was like, dude, I just shot my first turkey. And what was even funnier was that like when I came to touch, that was my first time touching a turkey. The feathers were so soft, like yeah. butter soft.
4: Yeah.
3: I'm like, "Whoa, like this is insane." And it's 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 like the the feeling of like oh, I it's just so satisfying.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's very that's very like uh it's almost <laughs> velvety, right? Very, very soft. So slop. velvety. Yeah.
3: It was such a pretty, pretty bird. And I'm like, I don't know what else to do. I'm shaking like a leaf. <laughs> like my my buddy was literally laughing. He was like, and this is like the, the quickest hunt I've ever I've ever been on either. Like <laughs> I didn't expect them to like fly down the roost that quick. <laughs> and I'm like, me neither. Oh my god, for 30 minutes, I felt like hours and hours of my heart just pumping but it, it was a really funny funny hunt just to look back on
4: yeah
0: <laughs> so that's fantastic so you've got went outdoors uh you know what is what is your goal for that i mean and going forward i mean you've you've amassed a nice uh social following right so people are obviously digging what you're doing and your storytelling you know uh not to make it put all this pressure on you but um you know you're, you're making yourself somewhat of a uh, uh, a figurehead an ambassador for you know young people and and ladies and and you know minority status folks you know they you, you've got you've got a great story so you know what is your hope by uh and your goals with your storytelling and, and you know your adventures and sharing that with people what are, what are you looking to get out of all this
3: so actually so my goal with running all this social media too and documenting my journey is basically to open up like clinics where i can take on new hunters because now ever since i've been on hunts my friends have been pretty interested in hunting too yeah and i thought it'd be like a great idea just to, sh- to share the knowledge that i've learned but also maybe open up like deer camps for kids Yeah. eventually on the along the lines i mean i was in a situation where i wanted to start and my parents wasn't my my family wasn't there you know yeah And I want to start deer camp for kids. I want to teach other women on how to get started. And then also, eventually, once I get better as a bow hunter and a hunter in general, I already provide a lot of deer meat to my family. But I would like to feed it for the hunger Mm. as well. Yeah, Michigan's got a good program. A little little, like club where we can, you know, hunt for the hunger in a way. And donate meat so that's that's basically the whole goal and then just to meet other hunters across the the country and still create memories till till the day i die yeah <laughs> no
0: there that's quite nobody i'm even asking i know it's not polite of a, of a fella to ask a, a gal or her age but uh you seem quite young where, where, where are you in the age spectrum there
3: i just turned 24
0: oh, that's remarkable and that's what I was trying to get at. I didn't want to point things out or be rude, but you know, for such a young person um, and I mean, what are the, what is a 24 year old? Where are you? Are you Z? You're not millennials. What is the, what is a generation, the label they're putting on people these days. Right. Um, yeah. Typically it's, you know, a 24 year old is supposedly this layabout who just is all about me, 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 me. And, and here you are um, tenacious again. I, all get out not taking no for an answer. Uh, wanting to learn and wanting to figure this stuff out all while maintaining uh good marks in school working um and just and just honing that passion and now being somewhat of a a role model uh, early on in your hunting career for for other people and that's great and i think um you know, the community at large needs more positive uh, folks like that and, and people with that that can do spirit. Um, and it's not for the motivation of likes. It's not for the motivation of uh, free gear or sponsorship. It's just because it was in you and it made all the sense in the world to you, despite, you know, uh, the barriers we listed out. Um that's really great. And I, that's and again, this is why I, I suspected as much and why I wanted to have you on the show and, and, and to tell your story. What would you say to, you know, folks, in, maybe not in your locale or just anywhere here in this, you know?
3: Um, I mean, with, with all the social media, it makes me feel so, so grateful I have random girls, even guys, that would hit up hit me up in my DMs and ask, hey, uh, your your journey really inspires me to get out af- get after it basically mm-hmm. or go into the woods. And you know, being on this podcast, I really want people to know like within I don't care what age you are, who you are, but like if you need any tips or recommendations or just, you know, I want to be a resource for people Yeah. No. when I didn't have resources on my own. You know, I had to build that. I have to find them. And it took me a while. And it was discouraging. Like, there's times when it, I, it was an emotional wreck, like... I felt like I was failing over and over again. And it was to a point where that guided hunt in Montana, that really built the solid foundation of like, Mm. I can do this, you know? And I just want to let other people know that if they ever need um, any resources or whatnot, they can look at me as one, you know?
0: Yeah. Your, your story um, has large similarities with others. You know, um, especially folks that have been doing have been at this for a, a short period of time, that motivation, that passion is there. But ultimately, it's your story and you're it's certainly specific to you. But I see in the conversations I have, that you know, there is this this commonality of of sharing, um, and 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 wanting to alleviate some of those those barriers we talk about, right? Have you seen people, um, you know, from your community that you know that that maybe not be specifically Vietnamese, but you know, are or aren't, or you know, uh, Southeast Asian descent that you know they're like, oh, you know, because what I hear when I have some conversations in the past is, you know, I. Sometimes I didn't do this because I didn't see people that looked like me. Is that a factor? Have you ever heard that? Or have people come to you because, like, wow, I didn't know people from from our area or lineage did this?
3: I I have. Like, no. uh, so I'm still running my my parents' restaurant. Mm-hmm. And it's a Vietnamese restaurant, which, you know, there's a variety of people that come in and out of that restaurant. And one time I was wearing my my hoit. <laughs> my white hat mm-hmm. um, and this he was southeastern or yeah southeastern asia asian but like i had no idea what what ethnicity he was sure he's like wow don't tell me you bow hunt and i'm like yeah i do he's like i don't see a lot of people that bow hunt actually mm-hmm. i'm a, i'm the only person that actually hunts And I'm surprised you're a girl and you're doing this too. And I'm like, well, here's my number if you want to (laughs) hunt together.
4: Uh, Very cool.
3: You know, and it's, it's pretty, it's pretty crazy how, you know, following your passion will take you to certain places that you're destined to be at. Because Mm. it was a few months back, I'm actually engaged to my now fiance and he was another vietnamese hunter that i was unaware of he didn't i didn't know he hunted at all Mm -hmm. and he saw my social media and he was like you want a deer hunt together and i'm like (laughs) dude okay like i guess i i guess i'll go with you too and next thing you know he he taught himself he taught himself how to how to hunt and we connected with so many key points of like oh wait you struggled like this too i struggled like this Mm -hmm. too you know He's like, yeah, I had no, I had no one to hunt with, so I had to teach myself basically. Yeah. He taught himself how to. I didn't know salmon fishing was even a thing until he introduced it to me.
4: Yeah, cool.
3: In Michigan, I'm like it's huge, and I'm like, what? What am I? I'm missing out on a lot. Yeah, you know. To, he's like a great steelhead fisherman too, and I'm like, steelhead? These exist in the waters <laughs> of <Like>, what?
4: <laughs> you
3: know. So it's just like sharing knowledge with people that have the same commonalities. It's, it's just, it's great. It's just so satisfying and you will always create memories and just, you'll always be learning in general. Yeah. If and you surround yourself with people that are like you.
0: And it doesn't mm-hmm. stop. And I, and I, and I'll stand by it that, you know, if your motivations are true and they're right, like you said, mm-hmm. you're going to end up where you're, where you're supposed to be uh, and, and put in front of some pretty special people. And, and, you know, as you as you are finding out, and as you will continue to find out, that our our community of, of, of sportsmen and women are are in large part phenomenal people, and it doesn't go away. And and I and what's nice is year after year, um, when you you're fortunate enough to be in front of crowds of new faces or new hunters or uh, mentees, if you're doing mentored hunts, that. Um, it's rejuvenating, right? It it gives you energy that, oh, there's more people out here like me. And, you know, our numbers are small in totality. But, you know, when you get when you get in those rooms and and you're having these talks or you're sharing uh, familiar stories of failure and success, it keeps you it keeps you motivated and keeps your eyes wide open and like, okay, we're going to we're going to continue this and and, and keep building on this. And um, that's that's what we need. That's that's we need people like you to continue to tell your story um and 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 inspire others so I I am grateful and, and and thankful for your time um you're coming on here and sharing you know and, and answering a random <laughs> message from some <laughs> some turkey hunter saying i like your pictures <laughs> <laughs> what's uh what do you got going on for this fall any great adventures uh in, in michigan are you traveling elsewhere
3: uh so i was supposed to go on a cow elk hunt mm-hmm. out in Utah actually and things of course plans fall short because I mean you plan it out a year ahead and then of course there's gonna be something going on in your life where you can't really make it sometimes but I've been hunting out on public land just hardcore and I'm putting up I'm putting together a tree stand right now cool (laughs) but in yeah I mean it's been it's been great the rut started see a bunch of rubs and scrapes and hope to god you see that big buck somewhere yeah yeah it was no fun though, because my trail cam actually got stolen.
0: Oh bummer. That, uh, that'll happen.
3: Yeah, public, public land. Gotta love it.
0: Yeah, yep. Yeah, that's uh, a bummer. That there is a a seedier side, unfortunately. Yeah.
3: Oh, but it makes you work harder, get more competitive. I love people. it.
0: That's great. And <laughs> thanks again so much for your time. I appreciate it. Continued success. Keep keep sharing those stories. Um and uh we'll we'll look to follow up with you in, in spring twenty twenty three, see how your turkey season works out.
3: <laughs> Sounds good, Fred. All Thank right you for having me. You
0: bet. Thanks again to Ann for sharing her story for her energy, her passion. I mean, that's just great. Um I hope I hope someone's listening to this episode. If you found it and you know you're curious about about the outdoors in general, and you know, you're, you're, you're experiencing the feelings and went through a handful of years ago. I hope this helps you take that step, take that next step. Cause you can do it because there are resources there is opportunity out there. Uh, and the NWTF can play a big role in that. Everything from, from the local chapter system to our women in the outdoors events to our, our Jake's events for kids 17 and under, uh, we got it all and we got a lot of really awesome volunteers and members that, that execute these events. Some of them multi-day that are just chomping at the bit to be a mentor to somebody to show and help them along the way to give them the knowledge they have, they have earned over years of of doing this. Um, And they just, it's just, it comes out of a a great place of of wanting to share and caring and, and making sure that, um, what we have today lives on and, uh, man, it's pretty cool to hear. And, uh, at 24 years old with almost no support system whatsoever, just to, to get after it. Um, w- well done. And, and thank you again for sharing your story. Uh, I wanted to go back to, uh, some of that stuff I was quoting early on and get it right. So a, a free war license in Vietnam and just, this stuff is neat. Um, $68 American. Uh, it says $4,800 Vietnamese. Um, piestries. I, maybe I got that wrong. Uh, the, the Vietnamese uh, currency there. And for that, you would be allowed to shoot uh, one bull elephant, four bears, six deer, two oxen, two gars, or guars or uh, and two buffalo. I had to look up the uh, guars. Holy crap. <laughs> You want to talk about a, a, a bull or bovine on steroids, that's the most muscular looking sucker. Go ahead and look that up at G-A-U-R-S. That's a mean looking cow, bull, whatever it is. But um, you could do all that for 68 bucks pre-war. Now, now there is uh, no hunting and it's banned in Vietnam. Uh, but fascinating to, to think about and ponder not, nevertheless that, you know, hunting just doesn't occur here in north america and africa and some of the more um limelight spots i mean you get you got people that are out there trying to do uh i think is it is is it a world slam or you can harvest an animal uh, every harvestable and i know we got the, the the super slam in north america right it's 20 odd critters but um man there's just so much so much world to explore so many different uh hunting pursuits and when you stop and think about it, it becomes pretty overwhelming. I mean, just thinking about hunting in Southeast Asia or Indochina, I mean, that whole jungle region, like, wow, that's it's just crazy. I mean, take out all the geopolitical stuff out of it, which certainly influences so much. But if you had the opportunity to go in there unencumbered without without government interference and, you know, we, we lived in a, a perfect world where you could experience some of that stuff. Like, I, I, I think it would be sensory overload. I think I would melt. <laughs> um, but I'd like to take that chance. I mean, it just be so cool to, uh, to experience some of that. And unfortunately, uh, I don't, at least in my lifetime, we, we may not, um, I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, it's always good. Like I said, to, uh, to, to get, a, an injection of, 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 excitement and, and passion, um, and, and definitely brought that, so. You guys can uh, check her out uh, Follow along to her stories On her Instagram And her Instagram handle is When Outdoors That is spelled N-G-U-Y-E-N Outdoors And you can You can check out uh, Anne and her adventures And follow along and Give her kudos for a good job Uh, Let's see where are we at In our housekeeping here the um, Grand Slam Sweet Steaks is still ongoing. So um, I encourage you to get your chance at a single season Grand Slam. That is a fantastic opportunity. Um, Christmas is coming. Hanukkah is coming. You could you could throw your dad or your mom's name in. That'd be a cool gift, right? Hey, surprise, you! I got to put you in for this and now you just won a Grand Slam. Uh, $14,000, I think, and prizes to go with that. So cool opportunity there. Um, make sure you're, you're checking out shop.nwtf.org. Plenty of good shopping opportunities there. Got some holiday promos coming up, uh, e-gift cards. You can get in all of that. Again, that shop.nwtf.org convention is literally around the corner before you know it, guys, right after this drops, I mean, we're, I, I can practically smell the turkey and the pumpkin pie at this point. Um, and then we're into Christmas and then that's it. It is full on to Nashville. So make sure you're visiting our social outlets. Make sure you're visiting the website. Uh, if you don't subscribe to our email alerts, I'd highly recommend you go on to the website, nwtf.org. Uh, register for your profile. Uh, if you're new, this will be new to you. If you're a longtime member and you haven't migrated over from the old website, uh, you have to go on. To the beautiful new website um uh, re-register all your stuff will will self-populate you'll be there you just got to set it up um and then sign up for those email alerts uh that will be that'll be good for you especially if you're planning on going to to nashville and then as registration opens as different events uh, come together uh, you can get your tickets you can register for them you can get your your uh, floor bracelet to go onto the show floor Lots of good stuff coming. So uh, keep up with that. Make sure you're getting the emails and um, sign up for stuff before it sells out. That's that's my recommendation to you. We're going in the 50th. So we're going to blow this one out the water. Not, you know, every year leading up to this has been great. And uh, this one's going to be just cat's meow. So uh, see you guys in Nashville in 2023. It's closer than you think. So don't miss out. Um, we're wrapping up i think uh most parts of the country at least in the north country here anyway we're coming to the the end of most of our hunting seasons few weeks left so with that time i hope you're uh you're still in pursuit be safe we're all the safety equipment you want to get home to your loved ones we want you to get home to your loved ones take care of each other out there be kind to each other and until next time we'll see you bye-bye been to shop.nwtf.org yet well if not i invite you to go there now again that's shop.nwtf.org for all the latest and greatest nwtf lifestyle gear need a trucker cap we got you covered need a low pro hat we got you covered there guys gear ladies gear kids gear accessories for the pool for the backyard for hunting camping we got you all there shop.nwtf.org go there today and get your latest nwtf gear
1: some say a silenced gunshot is the baddest sound out there at silencer central we have another favorite it's the sound of silence delivered to your front door when you buy from silencer central we handle your application set you up with a free nfa gun trust and deliver your silencer straight to you with an average 90-day turnaround time when you use e-forms buying a silencer is simpler than ever visit silencercentral.com and we'll help you get started
2: under the visionary leadership of founder Johnny Morris, Bass Pro Shops and Cabela's is leading North America's largest conservation movement. Their partnership with the National Wild Turkey Federation is a match made in heaven for hunters across America. The Save the Habitat, Save the Hunt initiative continues to be a resounding success, with more than $6 million provided for conserving wildlife habitat, recruiting more hunters, and opening more access to hundreds of thousands of acres across the nation. To learn more, go to BassPro.com conservation.